0: Hey, everybody. For this third episode of the Bitcoin Op UX UI podcast, we talked to Dennis Hyman, a BTC Pay contributor, UI engineer, and developer. We talked about how designers and engineers work together, BTC Pay server contributions, filling multiple roles in a project, self initiated projects, Bitcoin design community building by Square Crypto, and a lot more. Hope you like it. Hey, Dennis. How are you?
1: Hi, Pedro, Thanks for inviting
0: me. Yes, I'm fine. Thank (laughs) you. you? Thank you so much for joining us. Um, How is everything in Germany?
1: Uh, Weather's pretty bad right now, but uh, I hope we'll have better weather soon. And uh, yeah, the rest, uh, the whole Corona situation is uh, mostly over right now. At least it feels like it's getting better. And uh, yeah, (laughs) let's see how this goes.
0: That's good to hear. I know that uh, you've been hoping for a betterment in weather in, the, in Germany, as you mentioned in a couple of your posts where you, <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been following up a little bit on you and finding it really interesting how you've been dedicating some very specific time to open source projects. Yeah. How did you get into that? Have you always had a background in computer science or how did you end up working for these open source projects?
1: Well, I've, I've uh, been a freelancer for 10 years now. So I've been working on all kinds of client projects um, in the first years, uh, oftentimes in iOS and uh, backend. But over the years, I switched to doing front-end development uh, only. And um, yeah, um, I, some, some uh, time last year, uh, I talked to Cooks, who's also part of the BTC Pay Server team, And he told me about his journey and um, actually it was quite similar to mine because he was also tired of uh, working on client projects and uh, that was something I felt as well. And I said to myself, I don't want to work uh, the next 10 years like I've done in the last 10 years. And so I decided to, uh, yeah, kind of jump the gun, um, save some money up and uh, use it to work the rest of... 2020 on open source stuff.
0: It's amazing. It's um, I've gone through your website and um, you can tell that the type of work that you have done in the past is somewhat different from what you've been doing right now, just mostly because of the nature of open source.
1: Yeah. I've been involved in uh, in quite some large open source projects before. So uh, this is nothing new for me, but uh, yeah, dedicating uh, one's whole time to to this and uh, being totally free on uh, what to work on this is this is something very different from uh, yeah like uh, doing client projects and uh, (laughs) staying in Jira all day and uh, yeah (laughs) working with
0: these kind of tasks so you you switched uh, Jira for github
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah mostly github and (laughs) metamost
0: So, is your background? Would you say mostly in engineering and coding, or do you also have a, a background in design? Because I know that in your little, small signature line in your website, you call yourself a UI engineer, which was, I thought it, it was interesting to see. I never <laughs> yeah. saw anybody, go that focused on something.
1: Yeah, this uh, this phrase has a has a whole backstory backstory on its own. Um, I'm actually, I'm a trained media designer, um, so um, I'm, I'm coming from a design and UI-focused background. But um, during the years and during my studies, I um, became more of more interested in programming in general. And um, like I said, also worked on uh, on backend projects like with uh, Ruby on Rails uh, in the past. And um, yeah, during all those years, I've I've still kept um, Interest in the user-facing th- side of software, so I've been always involved with uh, UI and UX stuff. And um, together with a friend of mine, Jan Persil, he's also here from from Germany. I um, I started an initiative called UI Engineering, which which has the goal of um, bridging the gap between design and programming, so that in the intersection that's where the magic happens. And Jan is, is a designer who has also been uh, very interested in programming because this helps him to get the job done. And I'm a programmer who has a um, design background. So um, I know uh, how to uh, articulate and communicate with designers. And um, yeah, so we we just wanted to yeah evolve this and make it clear to more people that actually in the intersection of both uh, of these fields is where the magic happens. Mm-hmm.
0: I can absolutely subscribe to that. Uh, I myself, I've I've gone through a communication design degree, uh, which at the time, a good friend of mine that we used to work together kind of drove me into really exploring coding. And at the time, mm-hmm. my level of coding is very rudimentary, but it allows me to, to do some prototyping. It Basically, we all started with, pretty much dabbling with Flash and Script, but then yeah. <laughs> figure out how to transition to PHP and uh, JavaScript. And and now that's kind of laid a foundation for, for me to actually understand and be able to go deeper on even Ruby or much deeper understanding of JavaScript, even Java and Python. Yep. And it, it's amazing because it gives you, even though i will never be able to really engineer something from scratch that's absolutely perfect and very solid code uh, yep. it allows you to test stuff and understand other people's code and also understand the process
1: yeah and like i said i mean um having at least a bit of programming background allows you to uh, go one step further into the other uh into the direction of the other field and maybe uh, even if you're working on on a project alone it helps you to um yeah to get stuff Done more easily. I mean, um, most most of um, what we've uh, found over the years, uh, in which front end development evolved, um, was like uh, back in the days, people were coming up with um, layouts and screens they made in Photoshop, and this doesn't happen anymore. I mean, um, if you want to be really efficient and um, yeah, have some good output, um, make this uh, more worthwhile. Um, Journey for for both design and programming. Then this, actually, the design phase uh, has to happen in the browser, and um, this is where Jan and I um, found uh, where where the efficiency really uh, is because we were both sitting in front of uh, one of our. One of our computers, and um, yeah, coming up with stuff that uh, was actually implemented in real templates using real CSS, etc. And so, um, yeah, once once you've reached that stage, you are um, able to to ship uh, really
0: early. Yeah, and I think that's a really fascinating way of changing the design process. I can see that, especially with these. Bigger ventures and bigger companies that are working on their own design systems and opening up, you can tell that there's already a, an effort to design a little bit with code as opposed yeah. to always keep everything super pixel perfect in a Photoshop file Correct, all everything yeah. divided in layers it's It's really fascinating to see the the design stages and the, even the some of the sketching stages move onto open platforms like github and to see designers trying to talk the same language and evolve the design through code as opposed through just sharing visual sketches back and forth. They're actually testing the, the, the finished project. They compile the project or they load up the website. It's challenging, but I think in the end it becomes much more efficient.
1: Yeah, it's challenging for for both parties because uh, none of those are uh, actually trained to to do that. I mean, um, neither programmers um, have have um, or at least in in my studies, design wasn't a big part of the uh, of the program in the university and it's the other way around um, so designers aren't used to uh, yeah picking up an editor or firing up the console and <laughs> executing bash commands but once you've um, bridged that gap and uh, both sides can help each other with that um, once you've done that and worked this way have felt how much more efficient and uh, yeah and the better the output is. Um, I mean, um, you don't want to go back (laughs) to working uh, like before using uh, Photoshop screens because stuff happens and needs to evolve so quickly that um, oftentimes those screens that a designer carefully crafted are outdated maybe just by the next week. And um, yeah, if you're having the single source of truth for what's visual on the screen living in code, then you can just change it, run or deploy it, and it changes everywhere. Like um, in uh, in presentations, we often uh, have the example of changing the font face or uh, maybe changing the header of a of a website. And if you want to do that through several screens uh, you've <laughs> you've done in Photoshop, uh, this is really tedious work and um, using code mm-hmm. you can just change a few lines of CSS, uh, refresh the browser and you're good to go.
0: Yeah, and you can tell that designers are becoming increasingly aware of that because yep. you can <laughs> tell that the, the design software, especially for designing uh, digital products, applications or websites, yeah, they're all going towards that direction, uh, creating components and symbols and trying to to push users to create a, a design system that kind of feels like a library and each object becomes uh, an object or a class. And it's, it actually, I think, helps designers have a more of a, a programmatic and systematic mindset yep. that translates extremely well to coding and in- engineering because the same way you say, okay, now we need to round the corners of this button, Okay, who's going to do it. Uh, it's either you, you have a symbol created, that, but that symbol needs to be created very aware of what its end purpose is. So you can kind of define that the the basic color is going to be this and the type and the padding. So you can then reuse that and just change one single time the the same way that you would change a couple of lines of codes to change the styles of the same object throughout the, the whole experience. It definitely also forces everybody to think more, much more consistently.
1: And to be to be fair, I mean, uh, like you explained, uh, the tools like Sketch or so uh, evolved quickly over the last years. We've we've been working uh, like this back in the days when uh, when those tools didn't uh, come come with a perspective like that. I mean, uh, we've been doing this uh, pre uh, pattern library. Um, in in Sketch and um, yeah, for us this feels like these tools uh, are playing catch up now to the reality of what actually needs to happen and what the industry demands. But uh, yeah, like you said, it it also eases the um, the way to this because um, yeah, designers are used to to tools like Sketch and um, the more they push them in this direction by offering features like uh, the pattern library, um, the better it is, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. I remember about maybe 10 years ago, I was very reluctant to move any kind of web or app design into Photoshop. So I was actually working in InDesign, which now sounds super silly to say this, but with InDesign, just with master pages, I was able to think of master pages as templates so I could yep. just change a couple of things once or twice and focus on the content when I needed to focus on the content. And it took me a while to, to kind of move away from that. Finally, I, I skipped Photoshop entirely uh, and just jumped into from InDesign and Illustrator to XD, Adobe XD. I also never really delved too much into Sketch just because I thought XC was more familiar. Hmm. But now actually go, coming back to Figma after trying it maybe a, a year or two ago, Figma has has come a long way and it's really interesting that everything is happening on the browser. Everything yeah. is kind of open. Um, it's really It's really fascinating to see where things are going
1: yeah most of the tools are evolving rather quickly and um you also see um integrations of uh pattern library tools like uh, storybook also into mm. tools like zeppelin etc so um yeah it for me it's it's nice to see that uh, this bridge we felt some years ago is finally um coming coming together
0: mm. how do you do you, do you feel that um uh is important or would you at least recommend for designers that have been very exclusively focused on visual design would you recommend that they try to start understanding a little bit of the of the computer language that would eventually be the the main foundation of their designs in the real world
1: Maybe not not exactly a programming language, but i'd say it's pretty necessary right now to uh know a bit of c s s and h t m l if you're designing something and uh yeah at least working on uh on websites and web apps because oftentimes it's not just that you um have to outright implement stuff yourself, but you need to know about the constraints these um yeah this environment uh comes with and um, it it helps very much to uh, to be familiar with html css and being able to come up with a website yourself
0: Mm -hmm. i agree i I would even go far and to say that uh, everybody should learn a little bit of coding fundamentals at least to understand i don't think anybody should particularly focus on any specific language but definitely try to understand how a computing language works in its basics just to just to understand how how stuff works. I I, I sometimes I, I like to trace the parallel between what a designer does now and what a designer used to do maybe 30 years ago when or maybe even a little bit more before desktop publishing and before computers, when everything was a little bit more manual. Designers really needed to understand what what they were doing and how that would be translated into let's say a printed surface. Mm. But some somehow with the distribution of computer systems, I think it became a little too easy and everybody can do it. But then we don't really we, we neglected a little bit to understand, especially for people that are working with with digital products. Like if you're if you're working in print, you're still very much in care of how what colors are you going to use, uh, how yeah. the book is going to be bound. But there's, there's a lot of, I think, neglect on how the people's designs are going to be implemented once you release the design and you just give it to the developer and then you have to go back, QA everything, but then you don't speak the same language. So yeah. how can you communicate that something is needs to go a little further up without... <laughs> Without saying, hey, yeah. maybe the let's 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 adjust the 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 base unit of the padding.
1: Correct, evolving a uh, common language uh, is is one of the biggest parts uh, where we felt success in the whole UI engineering approach. Because, um, yeah, each of these these groups, uh, programmers, designers, and uh, project managers have their own um, silo of uh, of communicating or uh, or um, mental models of things and um, once you get together uh, with all of those sites uh, at a table and discuss things you uh, you you will have to evolve a common language uh, for what you're talking about and um, this is uh, this is also a big part where uh, where the efficiency comes from because you um, even though this takes a while, uh, once you're set up, um, you're good to go, and it feels like a like a natural process for for everyone involved. And uh, yeah, having a, a shared language is is a very big part of that.
0: Yeah, I I think unfortunately uh, the way I think it's changing. I'm I'm pretty sure it's changing. I, I I haven't been in school for a while, but at least the way my course was organized was very much uh this is the design part and then here's some extra stuff for anybody that's interested in a little bit of html so there were a little bit of workshops and stuff but it was outside the official curriculum somehow yeah Mm -hmm. no no, go ahead
1: um i mean uh if you're curious the the web is a, a great medium in itself because it it provides uh so rapid feedback you um you do something in your editor, and you can try stuff. You can't break anything, and um, once you once you hit save and refresh, uh, you immediately see the results. And um, yeah, it's for me, it's uh, it's a great environment to work in. And um, yeah, I, I find this to be very uh, satisfying to get this kind of immediate feedback and to be able to rapidly prototype stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. What what role would you say? Besides UI engineer, would you say you you have in these open source projects you've been working on?
1: Well, it's actually uh, that's one of the great parts of open source. You can do whatever you (laughs) want to work on because there's no one telling you what to do. And at least for me, it's like all over the place. Uh, And that's something I uh, totally enjoy as well, because um, like I said, I I know uh, back-end programming as well. Right now, I'm uh, trying to learn C-sharp and ASP.net because that's what the VTC pay server is written in. Um, and I also did my fair share of Elixir programming uh, back in the days. So um, I I do all kinds of uh, things right now. Um, I'm also trying to familiarize myself a bit with the uh, uh, with another project called the Raspi Blitz, which Mm -hmm. is um, uh, an open source project for uh, getting your own full node with lightning up and running. And um, so I recently did a bit of bash programming for that as well. And uh, yeah, (laughs) I I enjoy all kinds of things. So, uh, yeah.
0: (laughs) I was uh, sneaking through your GitHub repositories and I saw a lot of uh, interesting projects that... I had no idea existed.
1: Okay, like like what? <laughs> For yeah, example,
0: the um, what was it called? You had uh, kind of a node, the the uh, the BlitzBank dashboards.
1: Yeah, that's something I set up uh, in the early days of Lightning to uh, learn a bit more about Lightning. That was mm. my approach to build something uh, like people are uh, now more familiar with, uh, familiar with, like. Um, the RTL interface or ThunderHub, which gives uh, gives you ways to manage your uh, Lightning node and balances, etc. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great way to to learn how a tool actually works. One of the the ways I found myself having really grow my confidence in Bitcoin was by way of making a, a small website that's interacted with the Bitcoin network. And that's how I kind of understood, okay, actually you need to choose previous outputs to send inputs and before you sign them, you're like, oh, this is actually the best way to understand Bitcoin is to actually try to use it, not just by clicking the button, but in the future when, I, when I'm designing a button, I actually know what's happening on the background. Yeah. I never done anything with Lightning Network. To be honest, I, it, it's a little still too complex for me. But hope hope to one day also spend spend some time doing some project that I don't know. Some usually I I start these projects very aware that they're gonna go nowhere. But then there's like a peak of enthusiasm in the middle of the process. Yeah. Like, oh my god! What if this turns into the <laughs> the killer yeah. app? And then no, it doesn't really, but it's it's still such a, a valuable learning experience. Yeah,
1: I think and en- enthusiasm is a big part of um of the whole learning uh experience. And um yeah, like I said, um immediate feedback is, is rather important. And so my approach regarding most of these topics is like diving uh, headfirst in and trying to come up with something I can uh see feel use or whatever i mean uh yeah and if in doubt there's also testnet and <laughs> you you can't lose your money uh playing with that
0: <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know yeah. <laughs> i'm 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 in the camp that i i mean i use i i do like testnet for the that first initial crazy tests but then i i put like 50 dollars aside worth of bitcoin again okay. these are going to be the the tests the test coins.
1: <laughs> That's great too, because you're having skin in the game, and
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you make a bunch of of smallest amount possible transaction. You set a, a price for yourself. I I like it that way better. Yeah. Yes. So, for instance, with with these projects that uh, you have on the side, and even with the BTC Pay server work that you were you're doing. Are you mostly, do you see yourself with any design role or are you mostly just implementing uh, designs that are pre-existing?
1: For my own projects, I come up with all of that myself. Uh, if it's more complex, I turn to Jan and uh, he helps me out. And um, for BTC Pay, I wouldn't say that I'm, uh, I'm the design person there because um, I'm, I'm excited about stuff other than design uh, more than I want to solely focus on design and um, there there have been people in the past and uh, also hopping in recently um, taking on some of the design tasks um, where I think my role is um, is again bridging this gap between design and actually implementing. Uh, the front-end part of this. And um, yeah, that's where I uh, feel um, most efficient. And uh, I think um, there are other people that can fill the design role better than I can.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you, when you implement or do when you do any pull requests, uh have you ever, I'm sure you sometimes encounter a little bit of a design problem that you also feel... Needs fixing, or yeah.
1: that's actually that's something I'm doing right now. I'm uh, going through the uh, screens of views of the BTC Pay server backend one by one and just um, rearranging stuff or um, pushing pushing things left and right, um, moving explanatory text uh, here and there, um, adding some links to to documents, etc. Because BTC Pay is really evolving quickly and um oftentimes we just implement something and ship it um with a yeah let's say rudimentary interface and um approve upon this and uh yeah that's that's something i uh try to do right now
0: mm-hmm. i share the same feeling like for me it's although i i'm i'm very interested in the design part uh right now i i almost feel like I would love to bring more designers to whatever projects i'm involved with because i i, I also work a little bit on on bisque unfortunately uh because my coding skills are probably not on par with yours it are not, not probably very very evidently uh it takes me a while to actually understand the process of how to contribute with code so yeah. i usually just and to keep myself more in the in the design part just because it's a little safer for me um once once i was able to actually understand how the, the software was being compiled and what what visual libraries were being used and once i was able to actually change the the code myself well i rapidly learned that you need to be really careful with what code you change because then your yeah. pr won't be accepted yeah but uh it gives you such a sense of empowerment because now you can actually test stuff uh, as opposed to just making something really beautiful on a, on a static PNG and share it on an issue on GitHub and then have everybody be really excited, but then nobody implements it because it's going to be a headache.
1: Being being able to uh, do stuff full stack, I mean, from, from the visual part through the code so that it uh, reveals in the actual app is great, but it it's such an effort, and it takes uh, yeah, oftentimes lots of learning. And um, for for people who don't want to uh, go all the way, I mean, um, one of the easiest things uh, you can you can help is by uh, doing a screenshot, um, annotating stuff, and uh, yeah. G- g- Describing uh, what your uh, what your problem was and how you think things can improved on the UI side by posting an issue and uh, describing this a bit. I mean, one of the first contributions I made to Wasabi Wallet was uh, a thread in which they discussed the UX of their product, and um, I came up with with a new onboarding screen where I also rearranged stuff in the screenshot, described what my thoughts around this are, what, what are the problems uh, I felt and how it could be overcome by switching to the direction I proposed. And this is so, so valuable feedback because um, like I said, oftentimes programmers don't even think uh, about these kinds of problems normal users have. And um, if we want to um, yeah, grow Bitcoin beyond our uh, bubble, um we have to to somehow um yeah bridge the gan- uh, the gap to the normal people and um this uh, this can easily be done by uh, by people just uh, posting an issue and describing the their hurdles with uh, like the like the projects and um yeah how they are currently and maybe come up with a thought of how to improve
0: mm-hmm. yeah i i totally agree and i think Having this aspect of open source actually helps a lot in understanding how other people issue or post issues because I feel like there's there 's a good way and a not so good way of communicating feedback sometimes, especially for designers. I think we have the ability and the tools and the know how to actually immediately propose something even if it 's not great i 've done this in a couple of projects just because i I somehow wanted to have a little bit of authorship also in the project and just sneak in and start participating more actively in the development of certain projects. And just taking a screenshot, putting it in in XD, Figma or Sketch and just like cover the the existing part of the UI that you want to change, just draw in a couple of buttons, annotate and send it back. It actually shows the value much more immediate than if you were to just write a big text and describe something like you have the, the the tools and the power to actually communicate these ideas much more efficiently if you do it with a in a visual way at least yeah, that's true that, that's how i think
1: yeah and uh mostly um <laughs> programmers will welcome this participation uh with open hands i mean uh, oftentimes it's stuff they just haven't thought about and um yeah they are very grateful for someone taking the time explaining uh the thoughts around what they felt uh was was pain using their product and uh yeah it's valuable feedback mm-hmm. yeah. and so i my uh thought around this would be don't be shy try to um, propose something and just see how is, it's received. And um, if it's bad, they just close the issue. But uh, <laughs> yeah, then you can move on and maybe uh, start start over with the next project. But you don't have anything to lose. Mm-hmm. We all just can gain from this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes these the the problems you're pointing out could all, already be acknowledged by the whole community. But by proposing an option, you're actually maybe either just starting a conversation around it or actually yeah. that that is going to be the solution that nobody has ever thought of. But I feel like there's very little ego in the in the open source part of the space, at least. Yeah, That. Some people are even anonymous, they who knows as long as the the solution works it's going to be implemented if it's not working it's because you either need to improve it or advocate for it better, but nobody's denying you to do anything just because it's you it's correct yeah it's a, it either it either pass, passes the test or it doesn't
1: and one one more thing I thought about because uh, you mentioned it uh, being uh being. Good to uh, to just post an annotated screenshot, and uh, that this is uh, rather easy for designers. Oftentimes, this can be a great conversation starter around a topic because um, being able to look at something concrete also allows for concrete discussion around things. And um, maybe it's not the uh, the first proposal that um, that actually gets implemented, but the first proposal might start a discussion around this uh, topic that evolves into something that then can be implemented. And uh, yeah, that's that's totally great uh, as a conversation starter.
0: Yep. Are you very passionate about open source projects? Were you like that before getting into Bitcoin? Or did Bitcoin kind of drove you into the open source space?
1: Uh, like, I, like I said, I've been involved in in some uh, projects uh, before. Uh, mm-hmm. I I have a um, a bigger open source project called the UI engine, which is actually um, a tool to build a design system, pattern library, something similar to Storybook. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I've I've uh, been used to contributing to uh, to other projects as well because in the front end field. Everything's living on GitHub and npm as well, and so uh, when you're building stuff and uh, yeah, find a bug, <laughs> oftentimes it's easier to just uh, open a pull request uh, having fixed it than uh, to come up with an issue explaining uh, what's what's wrong, etc. And uh, so I know this process uh, very well, and uh, but um, connecting to to one of or. To an open source project feels uh, feels more natural in in the Bitcoin space because um, people are um, at least I I have the impression that people are so passionate about everything and um, they they have an incentive to um, evolve all of these projects and uh, everyone shares a, a a mindset it it feels it feels different than uh, the other ecosystems I've worked in
0: mm-hmm. I think it actually. It it feels like it's imperative uh openness. Uh yeah. you have you have all yeah, these sure. brands uh calling themselves uh radical transparent and oh we're opening the the process. But you can say, Okay, you, you claim this, but how can it be verified? But then you go into the Bitcoin space and anything that is closed source, it feels like uh what is really happening behind <laughs> yeah. the curtain, I don't, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right.
1: Yeah. People are rather skeptic then.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think that's also a a really powerful change in paradigm that I, I was, I was definitely interested in open source, but mostly I, I didn't quite understand it. I worked a lot with Drupal uh, before Bitcoin. and. I absolutely did not contribute to the project, but I did go through the patches and through the, like the small forks of modules that other people developed. And I, I understood how, how it was to use a product that was mostly community developed as opposed to having to, to wait for the the central group of developers to release a new, a new release. Yeah it was very refreshing even though i at the time i didn't really go too much into it i i actually had to wait for bitcoin for to push me into that direction yeah definitely
1: and i'm um well i know open source from the programmer's perspective and contributing to code etc but i'm uh yeah i'm looking forward to what the um what this will look like in in regards to design um and what maybe the whole community that's uh that's been initiated by square crypto uh, comes up with because i i think um open source and design is is something uh different from from programming what's what's your take on this
0: Oof. <laughs> i'm still trying to figure that one out uh i agree it's definitely different right now i'm to navigate what is changing in my mind a little bit every day. I'm trying to to use the model that I know from programming into design, but I recognize that it's never going to be a one to one. Mm. But what do you think? How do you think it differs?
1: Well, I mean, um, or at least what I've seen in regards to, uh, for example, BTC Pay Server is that um, making steady design progress in open source projects, is rather difficult because, um, yeah, oftentimes people just hop in and um, and want want to solve one issue they uh, they are maybe having, but um, for for uh, to evolve the design of a product or app or something, you need to uh, put on a holistic view of what's. Happening and this requires a lot of time and effort and um, bringing, bringing that into an open source project uh, when you when you just want to solve an issue is uh, is difficult and um, yeah not not everyone can set aside the the time uh, to yeah to work on something full time or for a longer stretch of time so uh, I think um, this this is one
0: of the challenges. Do you think that it's that different with coding? For instance, I know that a lot of people come into projects, go in an issue or just propose a a pull request and they're solving to that particular problem, but then it doesn't pass the review because it broke five other things. Yeah, and it's crazy. the same. Yeah. I, I think it's the same thing with design. Like, oh, let's make this padding bigger. Okay, but you know that once you do that, then this button is gonna be affected in these other five screens that uh, you haven't accounted for. Yeah, It's trying to, to change the system through the parts as opposed to thinking holistically about the system. But I imagine that that's both the challenge that exists on design and coding.
1: Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe it uh, feels more natural to me because I'm coming from more of a programming background and haven't, haven't thought enough about the design side yeah okay
0: i i don't know I don't know myself um these are these are ideas that are also a little bit new to me and I know that there's a lot of people it feels like there's more people thinking about it, especially now that with this definitely with this square crypto small design community that it's forming it's amazing to see other designers interested in this or other u i engineers interested in this because <laughs> Even though I knew that there were there were already a couple of people interested, nobody was actually trying to or at least not that I know of if i if I'm incorrect I would love to to know who else is really trying to push for this, but how can we build a process in which the design actually becomes open source for real and it's not i don't know yet how to verbalize it but it's i think it's going to be a little bit of a, a slow process to change how people think about the the role of the designer in in these projects yeah and but
1: uh, yeah
0: uh, yeah right. and 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 just also how how do we take these these great features of working with code where you can remove a line add a line uh remove a pro- uh, file and substitute it for another file and have all of that very well versioned and documented through GitHub or or Git or any other system. How do we do that same thing with design? How can we branch a project without having to or have it already in code? Because although I think that we should start doing things in code more often and earlier in the process, I still think that I'm always gonna start a little bit Not necessarily with pen and paper, but I'm always going to start sketching a little bit before I actually start writing any code, just because it saves me some time to actually sketch.
1: Yeah, then let me use this as an opportunity to show the efforts we are right now having in BTC Pay Server. And uh, if someone out there listening to this is interested in maybe finding out how to... uh, design in open source uh, then hop on <laughs> come on uh, and uh, yeah let's explore these topics together because uh, we are we are right now looking for people who want to uh, do exactly that and uh, maybe help with uh, some of the, the outstanding tasks there are
0: <laughs> there's a lot of enthusiasm in uh, joining these these projects but then uh, it's like you said uh, it takes some time you need to really know the project not just the part you're trying to change and then you have to really commit to advocate for your changes because sometimes yeah people are busy with other stuff so there's priorities there is other bugs that are security related that probably will take priority over everything else it, yeah and to be to be honest it it also took me a while uh, even though i was
1: familiar with uh with some of the technology, at least in the front-end stack. Uh, it took me a while to, uh, to really get accustomed to it and uh, practically work on stuff. But uh, again, if there's a designer out there, I'd uh, like to hold your hand on this and uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get stuff done.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of opportunity, especially now with the world moving towards more of a digital space with bitcoin growing open source and design growing it's it's very exciting times and actually it's i think this it's even more interesting now because for instance i know that btc pay server has been getting a lot of uh, not a lot of i don't know i consider it a lot but uh, funding and uh, grants from other companies which i would imagine gives everybody that's working on the project a little bit of financial security to actually work consistently every week on the project because a lot of these problems, they might be very self-evident, but the solution, even if it's also very clear and obvious, it all takes time to do the first implementation test, fix, iterate tests, user test. There's, There's this whole spectrum of activities that take a long time that it's just not about designing in code. I think having these bigger companies or anybody support these projects, it's very, I think it's really, really important. I know that Wasabi, Wasabi has its own revenue, but BTC pay servers uh, can't really monetize as of yet.
1: Yeah, right. And uh, like you mentioned uh, even though some things might be obvious etc they still need to be implemented and someone needs to be working on this and uh, yeah this takes time and effort uh, also with testing stuff documenting things and um, yeah oftentimes this is not not possible when you're uh, having another full-time job and that's also why i decided to at least for uh, quite some time, stop working on client project and focus on on these kinds of uh, projects in the open source field. Yeah, and it's great that um, in the Bitcoin space there's there's so many companies funding initi- initiatives like that. And um, yeah, I'm I'm really thankful for the opportunity um, in in this space. Work on on open source and get paid at least a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I could I could uh, make much more money working on on uh, client projects, but uh, yeah, <laughs> there are reasons uh, beyond uh, monetary things. Uh, I I decided to not do this uh, anymore, at least uh, for the rest of this year.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, we're I think we're all happy and thankful. And I think that's also there's also a uh, something something I think special that happens once you even if you're working for an open source project if there's some funding either generated from the project itself coming from outside funding like in the form of grants yeah. once once you can actually pay whoever was involved in this small part of the project, it actually motivates a little bit it yeah. it adds urgency and It actually becomes, this happened for me at least, it stops becoming so much of a, like just a curiosity or a little hobby side project and it becomes, oh, okay, so once I'm actually being paid, I actually need to show up and do the work properly. It's no longer just, I'm just not donating my time. There's actually, there's a transaction happening. So the quality of the work, I think for me at least, I don't know if the quality of the work improved but definitely my awareness of it increased.
1: Yeah. I think uh that's definitely a part of this but also what what I uh felt is that oftentimes the the amount I'm receiving doesn't even matter because um I I also accept donations via lightning um mm-hmm. and sometimes people donate one set or they <laughs> donate 21 sets because that's the default on my, uh, mm-hmm. on my website. And, um, I mean at least I'm very far away from, uh, getting rich, uh, working on open source, but these donations, whatever they are, feel like a pat on the back. And, uh, this is something I oftentimes though I knew I was, uh, doing very valuable work and receiving lots of money for this in client projects. I really missed uh, some, some uh, yeah, uh, something like that, uh, the the pat on the back uh, in, in those kinds of projects and working in the open source field, um, coming up with ideas, uh, posting them, uh, getting feedback on this, implementing stuff and s- seeing this evolve into something i use on a daily basis again this is so much more satisfying uh, it it makes up for for a lot of uh, money foregone on the other side
0: mm-hmm. yeah i completely agree there's something very gratifying of having even if it's small some some monetary recognition from the user base itself rather from i feel like when you work for a client you're mostly yeah. working for that That one person as opposed to a group of users yeah the the client will always have the final say and the keys to the gate of what is that the the product is gonna look like or it's gonna function and you're you're getting you're getting recognition from one person that's potentially not even the user that's already really biased because they have uh, all kinds of connections to the product already but Once you have that recognition from the user and you actually, I mentioned that this is very, not an egotistical, but it is very gratifying to actually understand that the design you worked on actually is being used and people like it and it's improving their, their experience on the project, either because it's, it's making it more efficient or just because it feels a little more welcoming
1: yeah. Plus, plus. Oftentimes, you are you are the user yourself because uh, why would you uh, otherwise work on this uh, when you're not getting getting salary or paid for this? So yeah, you're yeah, you're oftentimes scratching your own itch, which uh, makes it even uh, even better because you know the problems firsthand. Uh, you're trying to solve and uh, yeah by doing so you also help many other people's that people that might also feel the same problems.
0: Well, I'm very excited to to see what happens. Do you have any contacts in real life with other people that are using bitcoin or is it yeah. something
1: yeah I mean uh the the German Bitcoin scene is is rather strong. There's there's a lot uh, going on, uh, mostly in Berlin or Munich. Um, not not so much in the area where I live. Uh, nevertheless, uh, as you uh, said, uh, it's uh, right now everything's becoming more and more digital, and um, Bitcoin is a topic uh, for me every day. Um, I almost transact. Uh, every day using lightning and for me this this has um yeah become reality it's not not something um uh yeah rather fancy i i look for uh using it in in the next five years for me for me bitcoin uh, already is a daily topic i uh i write my invoices solely in in uh, denominated in bitcoin and um
0: yeah and yeah, that's fascinating and I, I know that's Germany has always come up as the, the country with more notes per capita. And I don't know exactly why it is. There's, so I'm, I'm from Portugal and we all kind of look up towards Germany as the, the very punctual and very precise culture in Europe. And I'm, I'm just curious, do you have any explanation or any hypothesis to why Germany is so big on Bitcoin?
1: Uh, well, I maybe maybe uh, <laughs> I didn't articulate myself uh, so good there. Just because um, it's it's a big topic for me and uh, a daily topic, it doesn't mean that everyone here in Germany knows about it. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> no, I, I know, <laughs> I know. But
0: but I, I remember from from long ago, if you went to one of these websites, that uh, I don't remember the names, but it was like a map. Uh, something like spend bitcoin or something and yeah. you go to all these markers there were, there would be a bunch in new york a bunch uh, a bunch more in san francisco but then you went to germany and it was pretty much all over the place and, and i realized that um, this is not critical mass yet uh, but th- it seems like there's more awareness i guess
1: uh, yeah i think um there are many pe- people uh being technically interested in it here and um a growing scene of people also being economically interested in it, but at least for we we don't have to use it here. I mean, the euro is uh, is is a mostly mostly stable currency. I'd say uh, we don't have problems like uh, like people in Venezuela or uh, Argentina, and. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know uh, why this is. I think it's it's um, mostly a matter of people being uh, interested in the technical side.
0: Yeah, I know that there's a lot of Portuguese involved in Bitcoin. I know that most of them don't live in Portugal, but it's also, um, it's kind of curious, um, just trying to understand if there's anything that is derived from very established cultural traits of certain countries or certain geographies in Europe or in the rest of the world. Like, absolutely, we don't need, I I, I don't need it that much either in the US, but if I had to guess in the US, it's derived, at least from my experience, it's derived more from an economical and then technical, and then a little bit more Mm -hmm. philosophical. In Portugal, I think the technical part came first, just yeah. as uh in general, I know that everybody's different, and every, everybody has their own journey but that's that's the way I see it but with germany i've I've always thought why why is it Is it because like weimar Germany is still really close or uh, I,
1: don't... I, I don't think so at least yeah. the the people I try to talk to and uh make them aware of potential problems that might arise on the economic side. I don't think uh, there's uh, there's much learning from <laughs> from the history.
0: Okay, how, how was it that you came across Bitcoin and how did you first react to it?
1: I don't remember when I uh, came across it the first time, but uh, I, I remember uh, 2017 being the time it, it really sticked and uh, of course this was also uh, driven by Uh, the price spiraling up Mm -hmm. and um, yeah I guess uh, for me it was uh, like seeing Bitcoin uh, (laughs) having died several times before and uh, somehow still being alive uh, yeah made me curious uh, what's what's all of this is about and uh, I I came from from the technological side I was uh, interested in how how the blockchain works etc but I felt uh, somehow quickly that this is more than just a technological phenomenon and uh, got really interested in the economic side of things and if you would have told me five years ago I'd be interested uh, so much in economics and uh, all the other stuff that uh, Bitcoin brings with it uh, beyond the technicalities (laughs) I'd say I would have said uh, you must be joking. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I'm totally grateful for all the stuff I've learned um by um by getting to know Bitcoin uh not just from a technical side but uh yeah but everything that surrounds it and this this is fascinating and still occupying my mind twenty-four seven nowadays.
0: It's hard to explain to to <laughs> people that don't really yeah. have an interest in Bitcoin why why we're dedicating so much headspace to this. <laughs> So we we, we kind of met on Slack for Square Cryptos, yep. uh, where the Steve uh set up this group that used to be rather small and now it's really big. I think yeah, it Yeah, it's, it's grown
1: in, grown very quickly. <laughs> I
0: think the last time I counted the channel, there were like 300 people. I was like, wow, this is
1: yeah, this. let's let's see what sticks, but uh it's a great start.
0: I was wondering what, what do you think if I know that uh, just because the initiative is so open, and I know that everybody that's kind of in a, a coordinating position doesn't want to impose too much. But what do you hope to get out of it besides just growing this understanding of uh, open design and growing the design in Bitcoin? In a more personal note, what do you think you're gonna be excited in contributing? Or are you still trying to find something that's gonna be worthwhile, or or maybe you're just Looking around and trying to recruit people to work on BTC Pay.
1: <laughs> no, uh, even though it might have sounded like this, I'm I'm not oh I think to, a, to recruit yeah, anyone. <laughs> I,
0: I think you should, though. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, maybe, I'm, I'm maybe always I'm always recruiting. I'm always recruiting.
1: Maybe that's something that uh, might happen. And uh, if if there's uh, just one person maybe uh, showing interest because uh, of having read about this uh, in the Slack community or uh, listening to this, it was worthwhile already. I mean um right now mostly i'm just lurking around um seeing what uh, what people in the slack community come up with because just because i'm interested and uh but i, I don't have anything to contribute there right now because uh, i i have some topics i'm uh i'm working on right now and so <laughs> i'm i'm not looking for for more work or uh, stuff to get involved <laughs> with <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's definitely a strange times uh, living through this uh, lockdown where everybody's being furloughed and kind of bummed out that there's no no job offerings. And I'm like, there's so much to do. (laughs) Where to start?
1: Yeah, because maybe we are uh, just uh, seeing the start of, uh, yeah, the world needing us to build this uh, anew from the ground up. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. It's like tectonic shifts in um, opportunities and incentives that I think because we're, we're kind of in the middle of it, <laughs> we, don't, we don't see it grow. But I was just looking through the, through the website of BTC Pay and, and actually updating my BTC Pay instance and I was just thinking, wow, well, this just in a year came along so far. Oh boy, and yeah. It's, it's, it's moving slowly, <laughs> but it's so steady and it's so... Yeah, it's, it's steady. Relentless.
1: It's, it's, like, uh, it's like TikTok next vlog. Every yeah. 10 <laughs> minutes, we are progressing a bit further. And uh, yeah, as long as we don't come to a halt, we are steadily progressing and yeah, re-architecting the future of money.
0: I'm really excited and actually... Uplifts my spirit a little bit because it actually gives me some something to look forward in the upcoming years, as opposed to just uh, yeah,
1: correct. It it a... also gives me hope. It's satisfying, and uh, even if I'm not, uh, not not or maybe we are we are not uh, seeing this in our lifetime, I'm I'm building this for. My kids and grandkids are at least help helping uh, to uh, to contribute to their future being uh, brighter as it seems right now
0: absolutely and you, you see you see this evolving technology, and you I definitely missed out on the mass internet adoption, and sometimes I feel how oh, wouldn 't it be so exciting to to be there in the beginning of these amazing projects that are now the most valuable companies in the world and this is a little bit how I see it like I, I can see. BTC Pay becoming, just like de- dethroning <laughs> any other, I'm, I was going to say taking the place of uh, Shopify, but it actually has the potential to either taking the place of Shopify, Squarespace and all the other e-com platforms are just being plainly adopted or I would hope to see it just removing all these, these like monolithic companies out of the map, but if they, maybe it's just a matter of them adopting and it becomes...
1: I think giving ambiguous. people at least the the option to use something other than uh, one of the big players and giving them the chance to take uh, everything into their own hands and build something that allows them to be self-sovereign is, is a great thing to work on. And that's why I'm dedicating my time to this.
0: Yeah, well, we all, we all now know that there's work to be done in BTC Pay. It's <laughs> gratifying. We, we now have the pitch. I subscribe to that. Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> I, I think everybody really appreciates the work, even though sometimes it's, it's hard to understand who exactly is doing what without having to, without having to go through all the, the commits. But yeah, I, I see great things in the yeah. horizon for the near future.
1: Yeah, I mean, everything in open source is a team effort. It's uh, 95% of the things uh, are built with many great minds coming together. And uh, I think it's it's important that everyone tries to contribute what uh, he or she can. And let's build something great together here.
0: It's a great note to andy So I know you have a website where you accept donations. Uh, you're also on Twitter. Uh, yeah. what your handle is uh, uh my my full name is dennis weimann yes. i found your old ha- handle i think i've actually followed you for for quite a while but uh, somehow i i clicked on a link and i went to your old handle and it's like oh well yeah i de- I, I deleted my and...
1: my twitter account uh uh i guess two years ago or something like that because i was so fed up with twitter and <laughs> <laughs> yeah then i then i felt the urge to come back
0: yeah, yeah. You're back. <laughs> Dennis, thank you so much. It was great talking to you. I hope that we keep in touch and sometime some in the future, maybe even work together or yeah. come up with interesting things to, to challenge other designers into joining our Bitcoin and open design efforts. Awesome. Thanks for inviting
1: me. Thanks again. It's and uh,
0: enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye.